This is Creepy, a podcast dedicated to sharing the most famous, chilling, and disturbing creepy pastas and urban legends in the world. Whether these stories truly happened or are simply fabrications is for you to decide. These stories may contain graphic depictions of violence and explicit language. Listener discretion is advised. Jeff the Killer The story has been edited for grammar, syntax, and continuity. The original version can be read at creepypod.com slash creepypastas. Ominous Unknown Killer, Still at Large After weeks of unexplained murders, the ominous unknown killer is still on the loose. After little evidence was found, a young boy claimed that he survived one of the killer's attacks and bravely told his story. I had a bad dream and I woke up in the middle of the night, said the boy. I saw that for some reason the window was open, even though I remember it being closed before I went to bed. I got up and shut it once more. Afterwards, I simply crawled under my covers and tried to get back to sleep. That's when I had a strange feeling, like someone was watching me. I looked up and nearly jumped out of my bed. There, in the little ray of light, illuminating from between my curtains, were a pair of eyes. They weren't regular eyes. They were dark. They bordered on black and just plain terrified me. That's when I saw his mouth. A long, horrendous smile that made every hair on my body stand up. The figure stood there watching me. Finally, after what seemed like forever, he said it. A simple phrase, but said in a way only a crazy man could speak. He said, Go to sleep. I let out a scream and that's what sent him at me. He pulled up a knife aiming at my heart. He jumped on top of my bed. I fought him back. I kicked, I punched, I rolled around trying to knock him off me. That's when my dad busted in. The man threw the knife. It went into my dad's shoulder. The man probably would have finished him off if one of the neighbors hadn't called the police. They drove into the parking lot and ran towards the door. The man turned and ran down the hallway. I heard a smash like breaking glass. As they came out of my room, I saw the window that was pointing towards the back of my house was broken. I looked out to see him vanish into the distance. i tell you one thing. I will never forget that face. Those cold, evil eyes and that psychotic smile. They will never leave my head. The police are still on the lookout for this man. If you see anyone that fits the description in this story, please contact your local police department. Jeff and his family had just moved into a new neighborhood. His dad had gotten a promotion at work, and they thought it would be best to live in one of those fancy neighborhoods. 
Jeff and his brother Lou couldn't complain, though. A new, better house. What was not to love? As they were getting unpacked, one of the neighbors came by. Hello, she said. I'm Barbara. I live across the street from you. Well, I just wanted to introduce myself and introduce my son. She turned around and called her son over. Billy, these are our new neighbors. Billy said hi and ran back to play in his yard. I'm Margaret. This is my husband Peter and my two sons, Jeff and Lou. They each introduced themselves, and then Barbara invited them to her son's birthday. Jeff and his brother were about to object when their mother said they would love to. When Jeff and his family were done packing, Jeff went up to his mom. Mom, why would you invite us to some kid's party? If you haven't noticed, I'm not some dumb kid. Jeff, said his mother, we just moved here. We have to show that we want to spend some time with our neighbors. Now we're going to that party and that's final. Jeff started to talk but stopped himself, knowing that he couldn't do anything. Whenever his mom said something, it was final. He walked up to his room and plopped down on his bed. He sat there looking at his ceiling when he got a weird feeling. Not so much a pain, but a weird feeling. But he dismissed it as he heard his mother call down for him to get the rest of his stuff, and he walked down to get it. The next day, Jeff walked downstairs to get breakfast and get ready for school. As he sat there, eating his breakfast, he once again got that feeling. This time it was stronger. It gave him a slight tugging pain, but he once again dismissed it. As he and Lou finished breakfast, they walked down to the bus stop. They sat there waiting for the bus, then, all of a sudden, some kid on a skateboard jumped over them, only inches above their laps. They both jumped back in surprise. Hey, what the hell? The kid landed and turned back to them. He kicked his skateboard up and caught it. The kid looked like he was about 17, five years older than Jeff. He wore an Aeropostale shirt, ripped blue jeans. He looked twitchy, maybe even strung out. Well, 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 looks like we got some new meat. Two other kids appeared. One was very skinny, the other very large. Well, since you're new here, I think we need to introduce ourselves. Over there's Keith. Jeff and Lou looked over at the skinny kid. He had a dopey face that you'd expect a sidekick to have. And he's Troy. They looked over at the fat kid. Talk about a tub of lard. The kid looked like he hadn't exercised since he crawled. And I, said the first kid, am Randy. Now for all the kids in this neighborhood, there's a small price for bus fare. If you catch my drift. Lou stood up, his fists balled and ready to fight, when one of the sidekicks pulled a knife. I had hoped you would be more cooperative, but it seems like we have to do this the hard way. The kid walked up to Lou and took his wallet out of his pocket. Jeff got that feeling again. This time, it was very strong almost a burning sensation. 
He stood up, but Lou gestured him to sit down. Jeff ignored him and walked up to Randy. Hey, give back my brother's wallet. Randy put the wallet in his pocket and pulled out his own knife. Oh? Or what will you do? Just as he finished the sentence, Jeff popped the kid in the nose. As Randy reached for his face, Jeff grabbed the kid's wrist, violently twisting it to the side until he heard the bone pop. Randy screamed and Jeff grabbed the knife from his hand. Troy and Jeff rushed, but Jeff was too quick. He threw Randy to the ground. Keith lashed out at him, but Jeff ducked and stabbed him in the arm. Keith dropped his knife and fell to the ground, screaming. Ah! Troy rushed him too, but Jeff didn't need the knife anymore. He punched Troy straight in the stomach and Troy went down. As he fell, puked all over the sidewalk. Luke could do nothing but look on in amazement at Jeff. Jeff, how do you... That was all he said. They saw the bus coming and knew they'd be blamed for the whole thing. So they started running as fast as they could. As they ran, they looked back and saw the bus driver rushing over to Randy and the others. As Jeff and Lou made it to school, they didn't dare tell what happened. All they did was sit and listen. Lou chalked it off as his brother beating up a few kids. But Jeff knew it was more. It was something scary. As he got that feeling, he knew how powerful it was. The urge to just hurt someone. He didn't like how it sounded, but he couldn't help feeling happy. He felt that strange feeling slowly fade away and stay away for the rest of the day at school. Even as he walked home, due to the whole thing near the bus stop, and how now he probably wouldn't be taking the bus anymore. He felt happy. When he got home, his parents asked how his day was. He said in a somewhat ominous voice, It was a wonderful day. Next morning, he heard a knock at his front door. He walked down to find two police officers at the door. His mother looking back at him with anger on her face. Jeff? These two officers tell me that you attacked three kids. That this wasn't just some shoving. That they were stabbed. Stabbed, son. Jeff's gaze fell to the floor, showing his mother that it was true. Mom, they were the ones who pulled the knives on me and Lou. Son, said one of the cops. We found three kids. Two stabbed and one with a huge bruise on his stomach. We have witnesses claiming that you fled the scene. Now, what does that tell us? Jeff knew it was no use. He could say he and Lou had been attacked, but then there was no proof that they weren't the ones who attacked first. They couldn't say that they hadn't fled because they did. So Jeff couldn't defend himself. Or Lou. Son, call down your brother. Jeff couldn't do it. He was the guilty one. Sir, it, it was me. I did it all. Lou tried to hold me back, but he couldn't stop me. The cop looked at his partner, and they both nodded. Wait, said Lou. Everyone looked back to see him holding a knife. 
The officers drew their guns and trained them on Lou. It was me. I beat up those little punks. I have the marks to prove it. He lifted up his sleeves to reveal cuts and bruises, as if he'd been in a struggle. Son, just put the knife down, said the officer. Lou held out the knife and dropped it to the ground. He put his hands up and walked over to the cops. No, Lou, it was me. I did it. Tears began to run down Jeff's face. <laughs> Poor bro, trying to take the blame for what I did. Well, you gonna take me away? The police led Lou out to the patrol car. Lou, tell them it was me. Tell them I did it. Jeff's mother put her hands on his shoulders. Jeff, please, you don't have to lie. Jeff watched helplessly as the cop car sped off with Lou inside. A few minutes later, Jeff's dad pulled into the driveway, saw Jeff's face, and knew something was wrong. Son? Son, what is it? Jeff couldn't answer. His vocal cords were strained from crying. Instead, Jeff's mother walked his father inside to break the bad news as Jeff wept in the driveway. After an hour or so, Jeff walked back into the house. His parents were both in shock, racked with sadness and disappointment. He couldn't look at them. He just went to sleep, trying to get the whole thing off his mind. Two days went by, with no word from Lou, who'd been taken to juvenile detention. Jeff had no one to hang out with. Nothing but sadness and guilt. Sunday morning, Jeff's mother woke him up. A happy, sunshiny smile on her face. Jeff, it's the big day, she said as she opened up the curtains and let light flood into his room. What? What's today? Asked Jeff as he stirred awake. Why, it's Billy's party. Mom, you're joking, right? You don't expect me to go to some kid's party after... There was a long pause. Jeff, we both know what happened. I think this party could be the thing that brightens up to past days. Now get dressed. Jeff's mother walked out of the room and downstairs to get ready. He fought himself to get up. He picked out a random shirt and pair of jeans and walked down the stairs. He saw his mother and father all dressed up. His mother in a dress and his father in a suit. Why would they wear such fancy clothes to a kid's party? Son, is that all you're going to wear? Said Jeff's mom. Better than wearing too much, he said. His mother did a poor job of hiding her anger with a painted-on smile. Now, Jeff, we may be overdressed, but this is how you go if you want to make an impression, said his father. Jeff grunted and went back up to his room. I don't have any fancy clothes. He yelled downstairs. Just pick something up. Hello, Bill Band here from the All 80s Movies Podcast to tell you about Factor Meals. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. 
You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Also, there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. Get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. What are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get your 50% off today. He looked around in his closet for what he would call fancy. He found a pair of black dress pants he had for special occasions and an undershirt. He couldn't find another shirt to go with it. Finally, he found a white hoodie and put it on. You're wearing that? They both said. His mother looked at her watch. Oh, no time to change. Let's just go. She said as she herded Jeff and his father out the door. They crossed the street over to Barbara and Billy's house. They knocked on the door and Barbara appeared, just as overdressed as his parents. The kids are out in the yard. Jeff, how about you go meet some of them? Said Barbara. Jeff walked outside to a yard full of kids. They were running around in weird cowboy costumes and shooting each other with plastic guns. A little kid toddled up to him and handed him a toy gun and hat. Hey! Want to play? He said. Ah, no, kid. I'm way too old for this stuff. The kid looked at him with a weird puppy dog face. Please, said the kid. Fine, said Jeff. He put on the hat and started to pretend to shoot at the kids. At first, he thought it was totally ridiculous. But eventually, he started to actually have fun. It might not have been the coolest moment in his life, but it was the first time he'd done something that took his mind off Lou. So he played with the kids for a while, until he heard a noise, a weird rolling noise. Skateboards. Then it hit him. Randy, Troy, and Keith all jumped over the fence. Jeff dropped the fake gun and ripped off the hat. Randy looked at Jeff with a burning hatred. Hello, Jeff, he said, we have some unfinished business. Jeff stared at his bruised nose. I think we're even. Beat the crap out of you and you got my brother sent to JDC. Anger flashed in Randy's eyes. Oh no, I don't go for even. I go for winning. You may have kicked our asses once, but not today. As he said that, Randy rushed at Jeff. Randy punched Jeff in the nose, and Jeff grabbed him by the ears and headbutted him. Jeff pushed Randy off of him, and both rose to their feet. Kids were screaming, and parents were running out of the house. Troy and Keith both pulled guns out of their pockets. Their eyes were bloodshot. Whatever they were on had them messed up. Randy pulled a knife on Jeff and stabbed it into his shoulder. Jeff screamed and fell to his knees. Randy started kicking at him. After a few blows, Jeff grabbed his foot and twisted it, causing Randy to fall to the ground. Jeff stood up and ran towards the back door. Troy grabbed him. 
He picked Jeff up by the back of the collar and threw him through the open patio door. As Jeff tried to stand, he felt another kick crack into his gut. Come on, Jeff, fight me! Randy grabbed Jeff by the legs and dragged him into the kitchen. Everyone staring or screaming in horror held back at gunpoint. Randy saw a bottle of vodka on the counter and smashed it over Jeff's head. Somehow Jeff stumbled to his feet only to collapse in the living room. Come on, Jeff. Look at me. Randy yelled. Jeff glanced up, his face covered in blood. You let your brother take the rap and get locked up? You fucking coward. Randy's eyes looked dark and raw, like he hadn't slept in days. Jeff slowly rolled to his knees. Oh, finally you stand and fight. Jeff finally found his feet, blood caking his face, his eyes still stinging from the vodka. The feeling was back, roiling in his stomach. Randy scratched maniacally at his neck before screaming and breaking into a run at Jeff. That's when it happened. Something inside Jeff snapped and faded away. The only thing you wanted in that moment was to kill someone. He grabbed Randy and spun him, slamming him into the ground. Jeff sat on Randy's stomach. Randy covered his face and Jeff began to hammer with all his strength on Randy's chest. He felt ribs break, but he wouldn't stop. Nothing could stop him. Randy's hands fell away from his face, his eyes wide, mouth open as he began to cough blood and gasp for breath. Jeff continued to hammer down on him, punch after punch after punch. Randy took one final breath and went limp. Everyone stared at Jeff. The parents, the kids crying. Even Troy and Keith stood frozen, dumbfounded. Eventually, they broke from their gaze and pointed their guns at Jeff. Jeff saw the guns and ran for the stairs. As he ran, Troy and Keith shot wildly at him. Jeff ran up the stairs. They could hear Troy and Keith close behind him. Jeff ducked into the bathroom. They continued to fire until the dry click of empty guns echoed in the halls. Jeff grabbed the towel rack and ripped it off the wall. Troy and Keith rushed in, knives ready. Troy swung his knife at Jeff, who stepped away and slammed the towel rack into Troy's face. Troy went down hard. Only Keith was left. He was more agile than Troy, though, and easily ducked when Jeff swung the towel rack at him. The knife slipped out of his hand as he moved, and he rushed at Jeff, slamming him into the wall. The impact knocked a bottle of bleach off the shelf, spilling on both of them. The chemicals burned both of them and they screamed in pain. Jeff wiped his eyes as best he could. As Keith tried to clear his eyes, Jeff swung the broken end of the towel rack straight into Keith's head. He fell, blood pouring from his mouth. As he lay there, bleeding to death, Keith managed an ominous smile. What's so funny? asked Jeff. Keith pulled out a lighter and sparked it to life. What's funny? Said you're covered in alcohol. Jeff's eyes widened as Keith threw the lighter at him. 
As soon as the flame made contact, the flames ignited the alcohol in his clothes. While the fire burned him, the chemicals continued to eat away and bleach his skin. Jeff let out a terrible screech as he caught fire. He tried to extinguish the flames by rolling on the ground, but it was no use. The alcohol made him a walking inferno. He ran down the hall and fell down the stairs. Everyone screamed as they saw Jeff, now a man on fire, dropped to the ground, nearly dead. The last thing Jeff saw was his mother and other parents trying to extinguish the flames. And that's when he passed out. When Jeff woke, he had bandages wrapped around his face. He couldn't see anything, but he felt a cast on his shoulder and stitches all over his body. He tried to stand up. Something tugged at his arm and he realized he was hooked up to an IV. When he tried to get up, he fell out and a nurse rushed in. I don't think you can get out of bed just yet, she said as she put him back in his bed and reinserted the tube. Jeff sat there, with no vision, no idea of what his surroundings were. Finally, after hours, he heard his mother. Honey, are you okay? She asked. Jeff couldn't answer though. His face was covered and he was unable to speak. Oh, honey, I, I have great news. After all the witnesses told the police that Randy confessed to trying to attack you at the bus stop, they decided to let Lou go. Jeff nearly bolted upright, but stopped halfway, remembering the tube coming out of his arm. He'll be out by tomorrow, and he'll be able to come visit you. Jeff's mother hugged Jeff and said her goodbyes. The weeks went by slowly as Jeff healed from his wounds. Then came the day to have his bandages removed. His family was all there to support him. As the doctors unwrapped the bandages from Jeff's face, everyone was on the edge of their seats. They waited with their breaths held until the last bandage holding the cover over his face was almost removed. Let's hope for the best, said the doctor. He gently pulled the cloth letting the rest fall from Jeff's face. Jeff's mother screamed at the sight. Lou and Jeff's dad stared, awestruck. What? What happened to my face? Jeff said. He rushed out of bed and ran to the bathroom. He looked in the mirror and saw the cause of the distress. His face. It. His lips were burnt to a deep shade of red. His face was bleached a pure shade of white, and his hair singed from brown to black. He slowly put his hand to his face. It had a sort of leathery feel to it now. He looked back at his family, and back at the mirror. Jeff, said Lou. It's not that bad. Not that bad, Jeff said. It's perfect. Jeff started laughing uncontrollably. He noticed that his left eye and hand were twitching. Uh, Jeff, are you okay? Okay? I've never felt happier. <laughs> Look at me. This face goes perfectly with me. <laughs> 
He stroked his face, feeling it, looking at it in the mirror. Whatever had finally snapped inside of Jeff was all that remained. Whatever that thing was, his parents would never know. Doctor, said Jeff's mom, is my son all right? You know, in the head? The doctor's words sounded hollow, like he wanted to believe but couldn't. Oh yes, this behavior is typical for patients that have taken very large amounts of painkillers. If his behavior doesn't change in a few weeks, bring him back here and we'll give him a psychological test. Oh, thank you, doctor. Jeff's mother went over to Jeff. Jeff? Sweetie? It's time to go home. Jeff looked away from the mirror. His face still formed into a crazy smile. Okay, Mom. (laughs) His mother took him by the shoulder and took him to get his clothes. Later that night, Jeff's mother woke to a sound coming from the bathroom. It sounded as if someone was crying. She slowly walked over to see what it was. When she looked into the bathroom, she saw a horrendous sight. Jeff had taken a knife and carved a smile into his cheeks. Jeff, what are you doing? asked his mother. Jeff looked over at his mother. I couldn't keep smiling, Mommy. It hurt after a while. Now I can smile forever. Jeff's mother's noticed his eyes, ringed in a crusted red and black. Jeff, your eyes? I couldn't see my face. I got tired my eyes started to close. I burned off my eyelids so I could see myself forever. My new face. Jeff's mother started to back away slowly. What's wrong, Mommy? Aren't I beautiful? Yes, son, she said. Yes, you are. Let me go get Daddy so he can see your face. She ran into the room and shook Jeff's dad from his sleep. Honey, get the gun. We. She stopped as she saw Jeff in the doorway, holding a knife. Mommy, you lied. That was the last thing they ever heard. His brother Lou woke up, startled by the noise he couldn't understand. He didn't hear anything else, so after a few minutes he shut his eyes and tried to go back to sleep. As he was on the border of slumber, he got the strangest feeling that someone was watching him. He looked up as Jeff's hand covered his mouth. He slowly raised the knife, ready to plunge it into Lou. Lou thrashed violently, trying to escape Jeff's grip. Jeff said, Just go to sleep. For more information, including pictures and videos of the stories told on this podcast, or to suggest stories for future episodes, please visit us at CreepyPod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. 
or email us at creepypod at gmail.com. All stories told on this podcast can be found at creepypastawikia.com and are protected by a Creative Commons license. Some rights reserved unless otherwise stated. Item number SCP-5186 SCP-7160 SCP-7533 Object Class Euclid Keter Safe Special Containment Procedures Spreading across the hemisphere and kicking up vast amounts of ash and dust <laughs> The only thing I could hear was 7219 <laughs> laughing <laughs> Do you remember your name? Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. I feel them again. Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. They're in my ears! Heartland Counseling. Appointment update. Nobody understands! SCP Archives is a weekly fiction podcast. Each episode, we dive into the strange, the unknown, and the... Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at scparchives.com.